Greetings and salutations, gamers of the universe. Big hello to Alpha Centauri. Yes. We are Critfile. I am Ghost and I am joined by Emily. Hello. And we are going to go over how to make a character for the Chaosium Piratey. Piratey? Piratical. <laughs> Watchbuckling. Is this a kissing book? 7C role-playing game. One of our favorites. So, we have the character sheet up at the moment. Yes, we do. And I'm going to be going over recreating a character I already made, but we'll go through step by step so you can see all the different things that go into creating a character. A more modern approach to a lot of characters has been to ask questions and a fair few games now in the more recent era has started to take this approach and 7c also likes this approach mm -hmm. so it's a mixture of mechanics and questions that the player will answer so the very first thing that you do is come up with an overall concept for what you want your character to be Alright, so I'm also just going to start by putting down character name. So, my character's name is Marguerite. I might as well fill out age too now. She is 18. And the concept I am working with, which we'll get into a little bit more, I guess, in the 20 questions and everything else, is... A runaway noble. So concept, you want to keep it nice and short. It's not, I mean, you can see there's not a lot of space for it. So not paragraphs of story. You'll get to that kind of thing later, but something short and sweet. So most of these are going to be characteristic questions. However, some of the answers might have a mechanical benefit later on. Like the first question, which is, what nation is your hero from? Ah, she is from Montaigne. And in order to choose this, there is going to be descriptions of every single nation in the core book. So you can go through, read sort of descriptions of what they would be like. I mean, you can also see what benefits you'd get from being in each nation. But if you just want to pick from more story-based, they will tell you all about them. Montaigne is kind of like the, the the France of this world. Question two is how would you physically describe your hero? That covers gender, that covers their overall look. Um... Yeah, and and for any of these questions where it's not something you'd be putting on the character sheet, I find it is really good to make note of it somewhere else. It's something that's good to have to look back at later. I mean, some of your answers might even change over the course of the game. It can be fun to kind of go back and compare how things were too, but definitely something you want to make a note of. Um, so this wouldn't go on my character sheet, but I would be noting elsewhere that Marguerite is, she's got an average height. She's got long brown hair, brown eyes. Uh, she's got very good posture, seems very kind of put together. Very aristocratic, one might say. Question three. Does your hero have any recurring mannerisms? Ah, yes. I I sort of touched on that in in the uh, description. So 
She is very polite. She seems like she's trained in etiquette, actually. So that is something that comes up even in circumstances where it not necessarily be, uh, I suppose, appropriate. But yeah. And question four, Marguerite, this was actually partly tailor-made for your character. What is your hero's main motivation? What keeps your hero going when their ship has been sunk and they're marooned on an island? Uh, Knowing that there's always the chance that your ship, a different ship, will sink again and you'll be marooned on another island. No, um... My my character's history with shipwrecks aside, her motivation to keep going is she wants to be in control of her own life and sort of build it for herself. What is your hero's greatest strength and their greatest weakness? And this is question five. Oh, okay. Greatest strength, I would say adaptability. She's pretty good at going with the flow when things change, when there's chaos. It doesn't necessarily throw her like it might some people. Greatest weakness? Ah, that's trickier. Not not to say she's got no weaknesses at all, but she doesn't necessarily always take things as seriously as she should. A part of sort of going with the flow is she sort of always treats everything as though it's fine, even when it might not necessarily be. So I would say perhaps not putting the appropriate weight on situations that require them. Question six is what are your hero's most and least favorite things? Oh, okay, okay. Her favorite thing is the ocean. Loves the ocean. Uh, and by extension, sailing. Least favorite thing would be politics. Question seven. What about your hero's psychology? Um, now, this is their example. <laughs> was Can they restrain their anger or their hatred? Does their passion get in the way of things? Um does the rush of adrenaline that battle brings with it disturbs their com- comrade? Um, does the songs or plays bring tears to their eyes? It's uh, okay, So like how emotive they are about different things? Yeah, I, I think that's really... I mean, as people should be able to tell by now, a lot of these questions, it's really designed to try to give you an idea of what you want your character to be. It's there to help you have an idea before you get to the mechanical side. Absolutely. I think it's really, really good for that because sometimes when the question comes up, it's not something you necessarily would have thought of when coming up with your character concept. So having to answer the question really gives you stuff to work with later. Um, I would say for Marguerite, she can... She can get annoyed and sort of uh, passionate in in arguing, but really only with people she's already familiar with. And her, her need to be polite would sort of prevent that from happening with anyone she's not particularly well acquainted with. Question eight is, what is your hero's single greatest fear? Ooh, uh, having to go back to life the way it was before. Question nine, what are your hero's highest ambitions and their greatest love? 
So their example was <laughs> if your character dies, what does what do they want people to be able to say about them? Okay. Um, she would like people to say that she lived life her own way and her greatest love is I guess freedom in a way, but not um not physical freedom, although I suppose in a sense. Uh freedom to do what you want to do. Question 10. What is her opinion of Montaigne? As in her own country. Yes, and it wouldn't be Montaigne for you if you're not from there. Don't worry, you don't have to develop a, a, a very strong opinion on Montaigne necessarily. You can if you want. Um, she, she's sort of torn on Montaigne. She, she likes some aspects of it, certainly. Uh, she thinks that the aristocrats are generally misguided and selfish and care too much about things that don't really matter. 11. Does your hero have any prejudices? Oh, what did I say for this when we were actually doing it? Um, I guess she doesn't love, like... No, that's not true either. Probably not really. She doesn't have anything against people who like politics or all that sort of thing. She just really doesn't like it, but I don't think she'd hate someone just because they were rich and or involved in politics. So I guess not. And this is the purpose of these questions. Sometimes they're not easy to answer. Uh-huh. And again, you're not setting this down in stone. These are the kind of things that can change over the... I mean, okay, some things aren't going to change, like the nation you're from probably won't change, but how you feel about the nation might change or um, what your greatest ambition is could change if you realize that something would be better suited. A lot of these are flexible. Number 12, where do your hero's loyalties lie? Ooh, with her friends and herself. Question 13 is, is your hero in love? Are they married or betrothed? Not in love. Not married. Um, I think she, she was betrothed, but she ran away. So, sorry, guys, she was betrothed too. That's not happening. 14, what about your family? She's got parents, and she doesn't dislike her parents, but they have a lot of expectations that she does not fit in with, and she is perfectly fine if she never really sees them again, even though I said she doesn't dislike them. It's complicated. 15. How would your parents describe you? Oh, difficult... Um, impulsive, willful, probably things like that. 16. Is your hero a genteel? Uh, yes. What do they define genteel as in this, or do they? Uh, that your hero attempts to follow the code, a code of chivalry. Your hero's word is their bond. Not necessarily. Those who see you as foolishly old-fashioned, but there's always the possibility of having a moon-eyed damsel or a handsome young poet fall in love with you. (laughs) 
Okay, no, I was thinking genteel as in like high society, and I was like, uh, yeah. yes, I guess. I, that, that was my take, yeah. But uh, no, she doesn't follow a specific code of chivalry. 17. How religious is your hero? What sect of the church do they follow if they are? Not really. Uh, she doesn't really. So this is one of the first things that's come up that you can add to the character sheet. If you were going to add a religion, you can put that down under name. I'm just going to put none. Eighteen. Is your hero a member of a guild, a genteel's club, or secret society? No. No, she is not. 19. What does your hero think of sorcery? No. She thinks it's cool. I think. I mean, before before meeting all the fate wishes that she's ended up meeting, I don't think she had a super strong opinion on it, but now she probably has an appreciation for sorcery. And question 20. If you could, mm. what advice would you give your hero? What advice would I give my hero? Oh, don't get in so many shipwrecks. And that is the 20 questions. And really, they're just there to, to give you a bit of a baseline for yourself. You might not fully know where you were going with your character when you did this before you did the 20 questions. At least now, you got a bit of an idea about some stuff. I think it's really good for that. I really think even if you came into this without a really strong character concept, just those 20 questions is really going to help you develop your idea a lot. And now we get into big things that can go on the character sheet. <laughs> yes, we are moving on to traits, which is essentially your tributes, if you're familiar with other games. Yes, so all traits, and your traits are going to be Brawn, Finesse, Resolve, Wits, and Panache. They all start at 2, so I'm going to go ahead and put 2 into all of those. And then you have 2 points that you can spend in character creation to increase your traits. So I'm going to put 1 more into Finesse, and 1 more into Wits. And which is how far the character can sort of think on their feet. And finesse is a coordination and agility stat. Brawn is strength. Resolve is sort of willpower. And panache is sort of charm and personal magnetism. Flair and your fun stuff like that. So each nation gives you a bonus. And Montaigne, you can either choose a plus one to finesse or a plus one to panache. And since I already upped my finesse by one in the previous step, let's add one to panache. Let's have a little more flair. Okay. We now move to the backgrounds. Our really loose character classes. I mean, they're not really character classes, but as a way to sort of give you an idea of how they might be sort of perceived in a different game. Character class is, is a sort of a, a close way to sort of think of them. And 
you choose two backgrounds when you're creating a character and there are lots to choose from. Now there's a bunch of base backgrounds that you can choose no matter what nation you're from. And then there are also backgrounds that are specific to certain nations. So you can take a look at all the ones that are applicable to everyone. You can take a look at the ones that are just for your nation. There are some cool ones. Uh, I'm not doing any of the Montaigne specific ones here, but I am going to put down for my backgrounds. I have courtier and I have pirate. Now, the backgrounds don't just give you things to work with for story. They do also give you some mechanical benefits as well. So each background is going to come with a quirk. It's going to come with some advantages. And it's going to come with some skills that you can add. So I'm going to start with Courtier, my first one, and just go through that. And then I'll go through Pirate as well. So the quirk for Courtier. And... um. These are said to be something, a quirk is sort of something that people in this group, it would be something that kind of comes naturally to them. So they are based on what you'd be doing as someone from that background. So for this one, I can earn a hero point when I turn the tide of violence with charm and flair. And hero points are something that you can use for lots of different things within the game of 7th C. Uh, you start off, is it each session or each sort of adventure with one hero point? I believe it was an adventure, but it might be session. I'm not actually sure. <laughs> However, GMs can give them basically for uh, anything. There's a very broad um, sort of reason that gms can give you you do something cool you say something cool uh you, you back a a character up they can gms can award them not just for specific things like the quirks but also just if they think you've done something that warrants it which is very it's a very cool sort of way to players yeah you can also get hero points for things like activating your quirks um some of the virtues and hubris which we'll get to later you can also earn hero points from. So you can use them for many things. There's also lots of ways to get them. So this is the quirk for being a courtier. Uh, the advantages I would get would be an honest misunderstanding. And advantages... Uh, what would you describe them as in terms of another game someone might have played? Because it's not a skill, because skills are obviously things that we're going to spend points in later. But it's a little an ability, like a feat. Okay. Yeah, it's an ability, a little bit like a feat. Uh, then they're not exactly. They allow you to do things. So, for example, this one that I've just added, an honest misunderstanding. Uh, for that one, I can spend a hero point to change something that I or another hero has just said to make it basically less offensive. So say someone in your game has just, whether intentionally or not, terribly insulted somebody at a high society function. 
By using this advantage, you can instead explain that that wasn't what they meant at all, and really they were simply trying to to give a very lovely compliment, and that will perhaps save you and your party from the ire of whoever was insulted. So that is one of the advantages I get for that background. The other one is friend at court. And that one allows you to spend a hero point when you are at a ball or a similar high society function to reveal that you have a close friend who is also there. And advantages, there are so many different ones. There's the ones that come with backgrounds and you'll also be able to purchase some later on, but they're good for all different kinds of things. Now, the final thing you get from a background is going to be some skills. So there are background specific skills and you get to put one point in each of those if you have a skill that comes with both backgrounds, you would get to put the two points into that, but I'm just going to start with the one. So for this one, I get to add a point to empathy to perform, to ride, to tempt, and to weaponry. Okay, so that's everything I get for the courtier background. So now I'm going to do the pirate one. And the quirk for the pirate background is you earn a hero point when you make a personal sacrifice to ensure the freedom of another. For this background, I would get the advantages Dead Eye. And this one, you gain one bonus die when making an aim risk with a firearm or thrown weapon. And I would also get Indomitable Will. And for that one, you can spend a hero point to automatically resist another character trying to intimidate, seduce, or otherwise goad you. And when I'm actually making a character sheet, I would type the description of the advantage as well, just because I know I'm going to forget and also because I don't want to look it up in the book every time. But for now, I'm not going to do that because that would take a little bit of time. So I will do the skills for pirate as well. And for that one, I would get a point in aim, a point in intimidate, a point in notice, one in sailing, and one in theft. So I didn't have any skills overlap there from either of the two backgrounds, but if you did, you would just put two points into it. And now you get to continue with skills because <laughs> you get 10 points to spend and none can be higher than three. That is true. So yes, you might get over three over the course of playing your character, but for character creation, no skill can go over three points. So I've got 10 to spend. I am going to, okay, I'm going to put another one in sailing because that's important to my character. I'm going to put another one in weaponry because she does uh, fence. I'm going to put one in convince because that seems useful. 
let's add another to notice to empathy. I will put one into hide. I need four more, four more. This is always the trick for me. I'm always trying to think what's gonna come up? What's gonna be helpful? And then later you know it's what you need is never what you put them into. Uh, okay, I will boost sailing and weaponry both to three because those are kind of the main things that she does. I will add one into scholarship, might as well. And then I will put my final one. Let's do more notice. Okay, I think that was all my 10. So it seemed like it was 10. Did, I think. Excellent. And now you get to choose because uh, with advantages before, you got them from the backgrounds, but now you have five points to spend into advantages. And there are some limitations though. Yes, so. Certain advantages, they don't overlap. Uh, there are some, for example, there's an advantage called uh, small and an advantage called big, and you cannot take both of them. They do not cancel each other out. You must choose one or the other. There are certain advantages that are innate. Uh, for example, the ones like small and big, those are things that describe sort of how your character is and those are ones you can only take at character creation you cannot later decide that you are very tall that does not work you may decide that at character creation um certain ones i think there are specific requirements but you will see that when you go through the advantages and they do have different costs for the ones you can take there's one point advantages two point advantages and so on and so forth and so the ones that i have chosen to take is a three point advantage called fencer and this is one that i do use a lot when we play uh, this one gives you a bonus die for a weaponry risk using a rapier or similar weapon in one hand and then with the rest of my points, I have taken a two-point advantage, Disarming Smile. And that one lets you spend a hero point to keep another character from resorting to violence. And there's all different kinds. There's some that would work with any kind of character. It's a really good idea to read through those before deciding, oh, I really want this one, because you might find one later on that you want even more that you need more points for so go through all those you will definitely find some that will be useful and now we have one of the uh more interesting sides of character <laughs> creation hubris and virtue which is done through a form of tarot So for this one, you actually draw tarot cards. And if you don't happen to have them, I believe you can do this online. Isn't that what we did when we first did character creation? That is correct. Yes, yeah, that is So correct. if you don't happen to have tarot cards lying around, which you may not, you could definitely do that online. Uh, you pick one that's going to represent your virtue. And this is something that is a good quality of your characters. And then you choose one that represents a hubris something which uh, could lead your character to ruin if you are not careful. And the card that I drew for my virtue was the tower, which has given me the virtue humble. And this one, I didn't write it down exactly, but 
to my recollection, and you can look this up and tell me if I'm wrong, uh, that one gives me two hero points instead of one if I activate my quirk or hubris. That is correct. That is correct. Okay. Oh, actually, when you activate your hubris or trigger a quirk. Oh, okay. So anytime that my hubris comes into play or one of my quirks, I, instead of just gaining one hero point for that, would get two. So if I make a personal sacrifice to ensure the freedom of another, I get two hero points for that. And I would as well for activating my hubris, for which I drew the hanged man card, giving me indecisive. And that one grants me a hero point when I take an action to make a decision. I think that is... Is that the correct one? I believe so, yes. Okay. And then we move on to stories. So something really cool about the Seventh Sea game is how your character will grow and evolve over time. And you do not gain experience through combat like you would in some games. You actually don't really gain experience at all in the sense of experience points. So how your character grows is through stories. So you can only have one character story active at a time. And the first story you are going to begin is one that you're going to decide on when you do character creation. So your character's story, basically you kind of come up with a, a concept for the story. It's a one word sort of thing. They give some examples in the book, examples like um, amnesia, I think is one. I think cursed is one, uh, romance is one. So kind of just a, a word that encapsulates the overall path your story is going to take. Uh, so for my character creation story, for my one little word, I'm going with reinvention. Now, how you go about your story is you have to make a first step. So basically, the first action your character is going to take to get towards a goal. Now how a story goes is from the start there will be steps that take you to the ending. The ending of your story has to be something that you know your character wants to achieve. So for example if your story was amnesia, like one of the ones that they have the example for in the book, your ending could be recovering memories of an important event. And the steps will be the various steps you take to get from the beginning to the end. You should know when your story is ended. It should be very clear. You don't want to decide on an ending that's going to be very ambiguous. Because when your story is ended, you also get a reward. And that is how your character is going to grow. Rewards can be things like points to put into skills. They can be advantages. 
they can raise your traits. Uh, you can actually have a reward that allows you to change your arcana if you wish to. I think that one, that's a multi-step story. You need quite a few steps. Uh, so if you drew a card for your virtue or your hubris that you really are not happy with, that is something you could potentially change through story. Your reward is going to depend on how many steps your story has. And in the book, it'll tell you how many sort of points from steps you'd need to get a specific reward. But steps is not something you plan out in advance. Steps is just all the different things that happen between the beginning and the end of your story. So from your beginning, you've decided kind of what you want your story to be, where you want that to take you. You have to decide what your first step is going to be. The very first thing you're going to do to get you from beginning to end. So for me, my story reinvention, my first step would be leaving home. That's the very first thing. Number one, that is my first step. And as you go throughout your story, every time you achieve what you've set out to be the next step, you then think of the next step. So from leaving home, once I've done that, uh, I can decide, okay, well, the next thing that would take me on a journey from point A to point B would be, okay, I'm going to join a pirate crew. That's my next goal. That's my next thing. Once I've achieved that, then I decide what the next step is. And you do this up until you've gotten to your ending, which again has to be very clear. So you have to be approaching it and then get there. And once you reach your end, you're going to count up how many steps it took you to get there. So definitely that's something you want to be keeping track of along the way. And then that will allow you to determine the reward. So that is basically how you grow your character in 7C. So the only thing you really need to worry about for character creation is coming up with your overall first story and your first step that you're going to be working towards. Uh and we are now nearing the end of the character. Yes. There is only a couple of much smaller steps uh, that are left. Uh, there is reputation, which is a very basic form of reputation, really, at this point in your character's career. Yes. So reputation is something you kind of gain over the course of the game. And for reputation, it's similar to a story in that it should be very brief sort of one word that can describe how people know you. Uh, so they give examples that it should be an adjective rather than a noun. So something like uh, dashing. You could have a reputation for being dashing, whereas you shouldn't have a reputation for being a sailor. Uh, it should be something about you rather than just sort of your job or something like that. There isn't a spot specifically on the character sheet here for reputation, but it is something you're going to want to note down. Whether you think you're starting off with a reputation or you're going to gain that later, definitely make note of that. And lastly, languages. You start with Old Theon, which is sort of like Latin, and the native language of your country and if you have any above wits you get to choose an extra one yes so languages are equal to the points you have in wits uh therefore since all traits start at two 
You will always have Old Thayan and your native language. If you've got more than two points in wits, I've got three here. You can take an extra. So I will take Castilian, which is going to be sort of the Spanish of this world. And something else that you can add to your character sheet, although you probably won't really need it yet, there is wealth. So wealth represents... You have wealth points that sort of represent how much money you have to spend. You don't have to keep track of each and every individual coin. Your character always has enough money for basic necessities, unless there's a story reason why they would not. And every session at the start, you're supposed to have zero wealth. Now, if you are specifically saving up for something, you can talk to your GM about that because there is also, they recommend you could sort of lose half your wealth at the end of each section instead of all of it but it's generally always going to start at zero it is possible to gain wealth points throughout the course of play you're usually going to lose those so um, there you have it yeah that is pretty much everything again you're definitely going to be coming back to this editing it as you play add more things into skills traits you can add more advantages but this is sort of the base of character creation. So hopefully that's given you a bit of an idea of what's required to make a 7th C character and will help you over any minor hurdles you may be having. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Yes, and play 7th C. It's really good. <laughs>